This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome back to the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. We, of course, are back here again with Italian attorney Marco Permuni. And how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. And of course, I'm Raffaele Di Furia and we are back again to talk a bit more about living in Italy and the, the costs of living here. And in this episode specifically, we are wanting to respond to a comment that we got on a cost of living in Italy overview discussion uh, where Marco and I started talking about what actually things can look like here in Italy. And Christine L. left a comment, I would love to hear more about the renting an apartment versus buying a place, i.e. the processes. And so I think that would be a great topic for us to go into how they differ, because I think in some cases there may be even, for example, rent to buy, where those lines can maybe get a little bit blurred. But where do you think a great place would be to start out with this topic? I think that people wonder, even people uh, living in Italy, uh, should I buy an apartment or a house? Should I rent an apartment? Of course. It all depends on your budget in the end, how much money you want to spend in that property. If you, if it's a long-term investment, if, you, if it's your final house or if it's just a temporary um, apartment. But there are also um, differences between the two processes, which is worth uh, mentioning in this video. Let's start, for example, with renting a property. Um, the costs that you have to consider when renting a property um, are, first of all, the security deposit that you have to give um, when when you sign the rental agreement. Normally, they can ask you up to three monthly rents as security deposit, which will be given back to you at the end of the rental agreement. And um, you may have to pay a real estate agent um, that, for example, located the apartment for you and they, their commission fee is normally equal to a one monthly rent or more. Um, of course, if you use your services, normally you don't have to go through a real estate agent, so you don't even have to worry about that. But um, also something else that the owner will probably want you to provide when you uh, rent an apartment or when you intended to rent an apartment is a guarantee that you will be able to pay the rent. Uh, they normally want to see your salary. So if you are employed by an Italian company, they want to see those documents to see how much you make. They normally, especially nowadays with the current situation in Italy where people, unfortunately, sometimes they, they can't even afford to pay the rent. And because mm. of how difficult it is, we talked about this in another video, to evict people in Italy, it is very, very difficult. As a result, owners, they want to be sure 100% that you will be paying the rent. For example, they choose carefully uh, the tenants. If it's a single person, uh, it's less likely that you will get it easily rather than if you're a couple where both people work and have a salary. There are even like meetings, even sometimes multiple meetings between the potential tenants and the owner where during which these things are discussed. So mm -hmm. it's not that easy to get an apartment, especially a long-term right. rental agreement nowadays. Um, of course, when you're buying, it can be relatively 
easier if you have the funds to just buy the apartment, especially if you're paying up front. Uh, you just, if you're able to face the costs, the notary, the registration tax, if you have the funds, if you want to buy the apartment, there is nobody else who has to agree to you wanting to buy the apartment. If you if you have the funds, you can just go ahead and buy it. Of course, uh, it's different if you have to obtain a mortgage, for example, uh, because banks are really, really careful, especially these days, and they want also to be sure that you will be able to pay back the money. So they normally require that people have jobs that they that they can demonstrate that, that they're making money and that they have the ability to uh, give back the money that the bank is giving you to buy the property. Or um, if, if you don't have a normal job, if you run a company, if you're like a professional who works um, for for other people as a professional, they want to see how much money you make every year. So, uh, or for example, if you have a low income but you have other properties that you put that you can put up as collateral, that could be another way of um, going about getting a mortgage. And for all of these reasons, it may be harder for a foreigner to get a mortgage in Italy because they don't have all of these requirements in Italy, and because the banks normally they don't really care about the money that you make abroad because it's more difficult for them to uh, recover the money mm -hmm. in case something happens if they have to go and sue you abroad. So there may be times where it's easier for a foreigner, foreigner to buy a property and they be, there may be times where it's actually easier to rent a property depending on your specific situation and circumstances. I think it may also be worthwhile mentioning that this doesn't go for people who are foreigners, uh, but also for people who are uh, actually even Italian dual citizens and moving to Italy for the first time, or maybe they haven't lived here in a long time. Uh, this, I know, has been my situation, and I know for many people that have moved to Italy as dual citizens, that there can be, at least for the first time that you rent a place, or maybe the first couple times, that there might be a few extra questions that you get along there, um, especially if you don't have a work contract already set up, or you don't have a work contract in Italy. Um, for I know, uh, I know example. I know, for example, there are a lot of people who do come here and they keep their job with, say, an American company. And for some owners, for some landlords, uh, if you're renting, they love that. They absolutely think that's amazing. But then for some Italian landlords, they might not be so crazy about that because if, for example, you don't ever pay your rent or you miss a couple months, uh, then they don't have a, a, a place that they can go and garnish the, the wages from. So... Uh, like you were saying, it really depends on your unique situation that you're dealing with. But maybe, I guess, moving on a little bit more with the, the conversation, what are some other areas where maybe there might be some more similarities or maybe even major differences that should really be taken into account? As you said at the beginning of the video, there is a situation where the two processes kind of mer merge. The rent-to-buy process, we talked about it in a previous video. There's a whole episode about that. So it's, it's a situation where you're not really buying, but you're not even renting. So you're paying money as rent every month, but that money can be counted towards the total asking price. And at the end of the contract, you can become the legitimate owner of the property. Normally, there is a 
price difference that you have to pay at the end of the contract. But the point is that money that you paid every month can be considered as money that you paid towards the purchase of the property that you have lived in during the years. But you were mentioning that this is not such a, a common uh, process to go through. If someone were looking for this, would they be looking for that actually in the listing? Or is this something that they have to propose to the landlord? It can be either one. Normally, uh, it's something that you have to propose. Uh, the landlord, of course, needs to agree to it, needs to be interested in offering this option. It could be something that it, it starts from the landlord. So it's the landlord that actually proposes that to you. But in general, it's a pretty uncommon situation. As of this moment in time, you never mm -hmm. know moving forward how uh, the situation can evolve. But as of right now, it's not a common type of contract. But then also, I guess before we wrap up here, are there any other points that you can think of that you've been contacted about where there people are wondering about those differences between those two different processes? An important difference, I believe, is that when you're renting, of course, there is no notary public involved, uh, which is not an insignificant difference given the cost mm -hmm. of the notary public. Some notary public you may end up having to pay like thousands of euros just to use their services. And like we said in other videos, uh, their services are mandatory when you're buying a property, but a notary is not involved when you're renting a property. So normally uh, when you're renting the property, you deal directly with the landlord, with the owner of the property. Maybe a lawyer is helping you, maybe... Um, a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. If you're using our services, of course, we're going to be the facilitator, but you could potentially deal directly with the owner. Instead, when you're buying a property, you necessarily have to use a public notary, which is a public official, and that can be rather expensive. And maybe actually just taking a couple steps back to something you mentioned earlier about the guarantees uh, for the landlord or for the owner. What are maybe some alternatives that a person might be able to explore if they're having a difficult time coming up with some tangible assets that are here in Italy or something that that the 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 owner can actually look at for being able to take this person on. If you are in the situation where you can't offer enough guarantees that you will be able to pay the rent, maybe because you can offer none in Italy, maybe you all your income is abroad, you have uh, your job in, in the US, but you have no job in Italy. But maybe you have a friend who lives in Italy and agrees to be your guarantor. Um, in that case, you can use uh, a guarantor to ensure that, like in the eyes of the landlord, that the rent will be paid. And the landlord can legally address the person who guaranteed for you uh, to recover the money if you happen to not be able to pay the rent. So that could be a solution that people could um, consider if they are in a situation where they can't sign a lease agreement because they can't offer enough guarantees. Well, that's fascinating. I think though also we have covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time. So I think it might be good if we round out this episode here. So thank you so much again, Monaco, for making yourself available to talk about this subject. And if people are needing your help from you and or your team, how can they get in contact with you all? 
People can send us a message through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com, or give us a call. The number is on our website. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And if you're interested in more content and more information about purchasing property here in Italy or even the Italian citizenship process, be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel here on youtube.com slash Italian citizenship assistance. And of course, if you're interested in more about living in Italy, life in Italy, and Italian dual citizenship, living as an Italian dual citizen, be sure that you come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Raffaello Di Furi. And of course, we have been here again with Marco Permunian from ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. And I am Raffaello Di Furia, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.